0: And welcome back to Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast covering everything there is known in the English language about Eintracht Frankfurt, the best club in the Bundesliga, the best club in Germany, the best club in Europe, the best club in the world for that matter, but we're a little bit biased. I am your host, Brian Sanders. You can follow me on Twitter at KCSGE. You can follow the show, more importantly, at HEFpod, follow the show at Facebook.com slash HE pod for all of the latest English language news covering the Tract can be found in one uh, easy to find spot. And also, in case you are not subscribed to uh, where you know, we're found wherever you can find your podcast. But if you have not subscribed in that fashion, uh, the new episodes do get dropped in that page. So uh, always uh, stay tuned and Keep your eye out for that. You can also contact us at heyintrachtgrayford at gmail.com. So uh, from the command center in Kansas City, uh, where I uh, <laughs> interact, Emmy seems to want to uh, be involved with everyone's lives. So if you do hear something in the background, uh, that that is she. Uh, I am joined this week. uh by Chris in Detroit to talk all things Eintracht at a very interesting point in uh, the world of soccer history today as a uh, news. We'll get to it a little bit more so at the end, but uh, Chris, it's good to have you back on, bud.
1: Yeah, thanks to ha- thanks for having me. It's a little bit of a gut punch, the news from the last few minutes, but it's nice to be here talking about Frankfurt and all things Bundesliga.
0: Mm-hmm. It is indeed. Oh, it's going to need a few drinks on this one. Um, So, you know, going into this match against Leipzig, there was a lot to be desired by the Eintracht. You know what? For the first time in forever, we took the lead before the half. That just does not happen and has not happened in recent weeks and I would almost say recent months at this point. And uh, I'm in Barcock, who has now sadly gone down with COVID 19. Of course he did. Uh. He (laughs) looked good against Stuttgart and then, you know, he takes, you know, he took uh, advantage of. Uh, Leipzig, you know, just kind of being lackadaisical and puts one away and the Eintracht are up big right before the half. Usually that's the kind of gut punch that is able to knock some teams out. Uh, Leipzig has since uh, gotten defeated by PSG Paris Saint-Germain of Lingon in the Champions League. Uh, As we record, this uh, happened uh, just yesterday. Um, Going into this match, we were both expecting that things were not going to go to Eintracht's way, and golly, this was a lovely surprise. You
1: know, it it was a surprise. Uh, God, I don't know how to feel about this. I feel very—don't get me wrong—a point against one of the top teams in the league. Happy, always happy, taking points against clubs above us. Um, But it's been so long since we played with a lead through the half. And even with everything going against us, we played well, um, well enough to have a lead. And then it just felt like a, a punch or a kick to the stomach because we really had a chance for three points. And if it wasn't for uh Paulson with, you know, one of the goals of the year, we walk out of there with three points. So I'm not upset. Um, we were beaten by a better club. But I'm also a little bit disappointed, too. I, I don't know. I'm kind of confused on this Proper performance
0: from the diva. Let's put it that way. Proper diva performance.
1: Yeah. She rears her ugly face way too often.
0: Look, one thing that we always comment about, it seems, on this podcast is how we play down to our opposition, or we play up to it. You know, uh, okay, well... With exception to uh, the Bayern match, that that was... Uh. With the exception of the Bayern match, look, we've been able to go up against teams uh, that are better than us and go punch for punch and be able to hold our own. You know what, Hertha is a team that has, a, we know the kind of talent that they have on paper at least, is one that, you know, Eintracht is a little envious of. Then again, I mean, they're spending money in terms of bringing in players. While that's not necessarily something that the Eintracht can properly do as uh, it was announced still. Players are foregoing uh, part of their contract to keep things going, despite the fact that uh, look the match day with no match day revenue. It's really a kick in the nuts uh, for. For the administration and, you know, a lot of other teams are really experiencing that pinch. If you want to hear more on that segment specifically, <laughs> I'll not go into more detail on that. Uh, go back to our episode, uh, the, my interview with Kevin Hatcher. We kind of hit on the financial strain that's happening with the Bundesliga calls and who's in trouble and who's not uh, pretty well. But Hertha, Hoffenheim, and and Leipzig. Those are three clubs that I would say have as much talent, if not more talent than the Eintracht. And we have gone up against them and taken the punches. The one that really didn't come off. And we're going to have another one uh, in the first Saturday of December when we host Dortmund. That's going to be a lot of fun. And we still have Gladbach to go as well and Leverkusen twice. So still a lot of big teams for us to play up against. But, you know, I think most of our frustration, Chris, has got to be down to the fact that um, in our previous Two matches before this one, uh, there was the 1-1 draw with Werder Bremen. Now, granted, they did pull off this week in the Bundesliga. Bremen pulled off a draw against uh, Bayern in Munich. So, I mean, take that for what it is. Uh, (laughs) And then we had our draw with Stuttgart, and we've had our draws with Bielefeld, with Cologne. We've... This is just another moment where I think we're thinking, oh, this point's lost, where, you know what? Only against a Leipzig would an amazing goal uh, like that happen. You play against the big clubs, and you just give them the slightest hint, and then Paulson does that cheeky little flick, and then voila, you got your goal of the year. Uh, I I'm overall satisfied by certain players' performances. I thought Ilesanker, we've been critical of him of late. He did pretty good. Dribble So was pretty good. Kostic looked dead on his feet uh, by the end, but was looking good. And Dika, Hintereg were also doing not too shabby. Everyone – some players were not. Silva was kind of uh, just not really involved. He was just trying to do stuff out, all out on his own that didn't really come off. Dost, I mean – the way we were playing him, I didn't think that he was going to contribute much. Core actually looked a lot, uh, not too bad. Uh, some folks uh, were out for Dorm, out for Trap, out for Kamada. I mean,
1: well, you know I'm a yeah. stats guy, so so let me go over a couple numbers that really tell you how this was a a game where you don't really know how you feel about it. I mean, we were possessed. We were outpossessed 63 to 37%. And Mm -hmm. yet we had the shots on target lead 3 to 2. So that tells me this is not one of those matches where Kevin Trapp had to save our ass. We actually. What what about
0: being dispossessed? We were, you know, like we were in the double digits. We only picked those guys' pockets six times. Compared to their fourteen of ours, yeah. uh, that I mean, we had to. They won more duels. They were better on the ball. They had better passing success. Uh, their still and overall that's shots were still on that side for those guys.
1: That is what you expect from a club that's better than you. But the fact that right. they weren't unable to turn that into real quality shots on goal. Um, you know that's not anything against their quality. We've seen they're a high quality team. I think what that shows is that after getting beat up by everybody the last, you know, four or five match days, I don't know if we figured it out, but we stepped up and we, you know, minus that pulse and goal, which I, I, I haven't seen the Amazon, you know, percentage for that, but I have to imagine it was a very low percentage opportunity. I'm not disappointed with the way our back line played at all. Sure, we turned the ball over a lot but we didn't have any major breakdowns in the back line that really had me thinking, oh, this was an opportunity lost. Where we lost the opportunity was on the other end not able to convert many of our eight shots on goal, or I'm sorry, our eight shots hitting the target on only three of those. So, you can go both ways on this.
0: Indeed. Uh, It's... Not a, It's a moment uh, for us where you have to think about uh, where things could have gone. I'm trying to put this match kind of in perspective, and this is one that we had that when you looked at the Bundesliga fixtures, you were looking at Bayern, you were looking at Leipzig, you were looking at Dortmund, you were looking at Leverkusen and Gladbach, and you were thinking... Okay, these guys who are all playing in Europe, for those guys who are in the Champions League that I mentioned, uh, I, I know I'm kind of skirting over your Hertha's, your Hoffenheim's, your Wolfsburg's, who either made European qualification or had that, that sort of talent on their team, at their disposal at present time, I'm kind of leaving those guys out, but you looked at those matches and you thought to yourself, okay um, if you do well against everyone else and you just kind of throw these guys up in the air, you can still finish in a pretty comfortable fashion and right now within the Bundesliga, you know, we're not we're not in a bad spot it's kind of a big old jumble, you know it's only eight matches in so there's plenty of Outwards movement that can still be done by the Eintracht. And you got to remember that, you know, we're still in the Pokal. There's still lots of matches to play. And, you know, we it is a shame that we didn't take the full points off these guys because they had a pretty big game against PSG midweek. It's a shame we didn't take advantage of it just a little bit more because of the European participators. Um only a couple teams even had properly good results at the weekend. So you can, it does leave you scratching your head just a tiny bit. Um, But you know what? At the end of the day, uh, we're still undefeated against Leipzig at home. How many teams can say that?
1: Until the 56th minute of that match, we were sitting at six in the table, you know, despite how frustrating things have been the last few weeks. We were in a position to be in that six hole, which is, you know, important. Um, Now we're right back to 11, thanks to a a freak of nature goal. But it is what it is. Uh, We showed we can compete against the good guys. Now the question is, what do we do next time out? Do we say, oh, yeah, we were competitive and go back to our casual nature that we seem to be against teams like Bremen? Or are we going to step it up again? There's a lot of questions. I might have more questions than answers after that 90 minutes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, there seems to be a lot of questions going around about the Eintracht. How about we talk about another type of Eintracht that is also having a lot of questions thrown at it? Or, do you, or are you a little bit more antsy about uh, <laughs> going down this rabbit hole, Chris?
1: You know what? They're actually uh, they're, they're following suit pretty well. For anyone that wears the crest, where you have your ups and you have your downs, and you know, it is what it is. Um, yeah, so I think, I think we're seeing the, the schedule in their favor early,
0: yeah. yeah. So, um, kind of hinting as we kind of transition here from the men, we're transitioning over to the women's team. So, they took on big hitters, uh, Wolfsburg, um, current reigning uh, German champions. And we knew that it would be a really tough slog. Well, okay, so a week ago we faced off in the traditional rivalry match between Frankfurt and Potsdam. That was a rough, that was a very angering, you know, loss in the Frauen Bundesliga as Eintracht was unable to get on the score sheet against Potsdam in a 1 0 defeat. Well, was Austin, which moved us down into 5th place, then guess what? You know, uh... Other teams have crept up above us. That is, uh, Hoffenheim at Potsdam. Potsdam has even played a match less because, you know, matches have in the Frauen Bundesliga been postponed due to COVID nineteen. And yet, right now they're going on to a women's international break. Right now, as we speak, we're already critical of the men's international break, and the women are put in the same exact position. You know what? It's a terrible idea. Uh, it's a terrible idea but I'll. Uh, a 1-0 loss to Potsdam and then you lose to Wolfsburg who had just recently played uh, Bayern Munich and that result didn't happen to work out in their favor and it's really frustrating that uh, you know Freigang has been out hurt so you, you suddenly realize how dependent this team is on Freigang. Her 10 goals scored in 10 and in, well, I think it's just eight, seven matches. You know, it's such a dependency on this one woman to make everything happen for the German national for German, uh, for the future I think she is the future of the women's uh, national team. Uh, I just wish that you know she maybe had a U.S. passport when she uh, that she earned while she was at Penn State. Because just saying, uh, <laughs> some of the stars of the U.S. women's national team are not going to be around forever, and they're all getting starting to get up there, despite uh, have wearing the crown of world champions this girl is that good and at 22 she's banging in all the goals are you know there are a couple other bright spots for uh, the women's Nash, the for the Eintracht you have. Uh, Meryl Fromms has been pretty good in net. I mean, uh, taking over from uh, uh, Brianne Heberlin is uh, keeping the bench warm in that. Uh, Sophita Kleinhorn is another uh, young player on this Eintracht team. Look, I think maybe we're being a little critical Uh, of the performances, but when you are going up against your Wolfsburg, it's going to be about as tight of a match as you can ask for, because this is a women's team that ended up uh, finishing runners up in the uh, women's champions league, losing to Leon uh, for the second time in uh, three seasons, I believe. I mean, this is a team that constantly, is up there they've won um each of the last uh four bundes frauen bundesliga titles you know uh, constant you know participating in the latter stages of the champions league and look it's, it's it's a hard ask for it's a hard ass to be going up against them and expecting to get a result, and a three nil result sadly is what it is. We just hope that uh, our Frauen uh, friends, well, uh, hang tight. Uh, Bayern sadly is next once the women's international break is over, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a rough slog. They've they've got plenty. It's a tough month. Yeah,
1: but the schedule does ease up. I mean, just like. Just like the issue we have on the men's side, you go through. The they faced the top three teams in the,
0: play. in my opinion, they faced the top three Frauen Bundesliga teams all in a row, and you got right. an international right. break uh, squished in there, and until they faced off against Potsdam, there they were kind of just hanging out in that third, fourth place uh, location, and. You know, sure, Hoffenheim has uh, jumped up in there, but that's mostly down to the fact that they played uh, one uh, more match than uh, Potsdam. Who I think, uh, you know, once they play their match in hand, I think that is against. I think that was supposed to be against Bayern, so that would have been a really top end tie. But you know, once those matches are played, the table will uh, look just a little bit different. But look. The tough run is done. They'll
1: beat up on each other.
0: Yeah, one can only hell uh, hope that... You know, and, and this, in this case, I think it's going to be a tall, tall, tall ask uh, for the team to finish in second or even in first, because in case anyone doesn't know, uh, Bayern Munich, who is the track Frauen's next opponent, uh, they got knocked out by Lyon in the quarterfinals of the Women's Champions League most recently, and... Nine matches played, uh, nine wins, thirty goals, four one goal conceded. Jeez, it sounds like
1: the <laughs> men's. Are you sure it's not the national team out there just wearing a different kit?
0: Uh, the women's national team, not the men's. The men's apparently garbage yes, now. Certainly. Went from uh, you know being respectable to garbage in uh, six goals. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Personally, I'm not a fan, so I was enjoying it. But, you know, it is what it is.
0: Yeah, when you have a match like that, uh you lose to Spain. That's that's a kick in the testicles. You know? Didn't you
1: like the look on Manuel Nora's face? He just looked so confused, like he had never seen anything like that. Before. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> but I mean, admittedly it was you know in spain but you know okay so if anyone doesn't know so uh, germany lost to spain in the nation's league so again they aren't in the this kind of tournament that they created uh, to replace friendly matches to make it more kind of a competitive atmosphere so they had to go to spain and get a result to be able to reach the kind of final four kind of status and once again, in this second ver- version of this tournament, they are not into the, you know, final four and it's real, you know, look, Germany is the one of the higher end teams, but they're playing in Seville, not the stadium that is, uh, home to, uh, Uh, Sevilla or uh, Real Betis. Each of those guys have their own stadiums. They played this in the stadium that hosted the 2003 UEFA Cup Final. Uh, That big stadium that was built for the 1999 World Athletics Championships and was part of the failed bid for multiple uh, Olympic Games in the early 2000s. And it's Basically just sat there unused uh or really just a little used, it will be the venue for uh the Basque uh Derby uh Copa del Rey final whenever they play that. But a big track stadium uh that seats sixty thousand. So think uh munchen's Olympia Stadion. Just big state Big grandstands, all kind of one tier and just surrounds a big old track. Well, you know what? Uh, You could hear the Spanish players uh, yelling and screaming at each other. You couldn't hear anything from the the German players and kind of was a little telling. I think all those things just kind of created a just effect that, you know, the team just Gave up because that was ugly. That was ugly. But anyways, uh, we're supposed to be talking about all things Eintracht. So, got the men out of the way. Got the women out of the way. Um, How about we get to hashtag what are we drinking before we talk about what's going on in the Bundesliga, our predictions for the weekend against Union, and um, some sad news in the world of football. What do you think, Chris?
1: Yeah, this is my favorite segment most weeks. What do you got for us? (laughs) Uh, today, I'm drinking No Egret. It is a coffee stout from my neighborhood brewery, Brewery Faisan here in Detroit. So I'm enjoying some delicious dark coffee flavored stout today.
0: Oh, very nice. Um, I'm getting a little heavier. Uh, yeah. So I've been drinking Yahara Bay Rye, American Rye. Uh, this stuff right out of uh, the Madison area of Wisconsin. Uh, I got this in a small uh, batch. It's uh, a two-year age, and they go... It's a very kind of small uh, uh, sample size that I have. Uh, I got this from a local retailer who has sadly gone out of business, tried to support them until the end. Uh, Well, (laughs) uh, as to that, it's... uh, It's uh, in the time period uh here in the american midwest we can get to that conversation at another date because i think that is something that will go on for hours on end and no one's gonna be happy at the end of it because we'll all be thinking that we're right and the other person is wrong um (laughs) but uh this fall bodied whiskey is one that i would suggest to anyone if you're able to get a hold of it it's uh it's the logo does look like uh, instead of a man in a suit, it's uh, Bucky Badger uh, in a suit, which is quite humorous. So if you're able to get Yahara Bay whiskey, it's a a pretty good uh, American whiskey if uh, you like it. So uh, to that, I say Prost. We're back. Segment two of Hey, Eintracht Frankfurt, Brian and Chris talking all things Eintracht at the weekend to uh, one loss and one draw. Yikes. Uh, talked a little bit about uh, all sorts of shenanigans with the international break. Uh, love how, you know, there's a, a, a South American journalist uh, put it this way and kind of uh, harking back to world war one the armistice was just around the co- you know it's like your armistice is just around the corner with the vaccine that's then going to be readily uh, distributed so there's a vaccine that only needs to be refrigerated and not kept uh, frozen so that's uh, out uh, being manufactured in uh england there is another version just like that it's been uh developed in eastern europe in russia take that what it is and in the united states they also have developed uh a vaccination but you kind of need to keep it in more freezer status uh so with all this news about you know uh possible vaccinations that can then be given to fans who then be able to attend matches because the uh the local uh health departments will deem uh local situations to be safer to allow fans to return whether the first be in small numbers and then we can have a full vaulted stadium being loud and cheering on the team you know what Be smart, folks. That's all I'm saying. Because you know we do these international. These teams are traveling internationally, and people keep on getting COVID positive. Uh, Iman Barcock, who scored this weekend's goal, for example, you know what? Uh, He has tested positive uh, for COVID nineteen, so he is out for this weekend's match against Union. Guess what? Uh, Eunice is back, but that uh, he did not test positive just negative, but he was exposed, so uh, we'll hopefully have him back for th- uh, this weekend's match. I guess that's kind of up to the, uh, we'll find that out in uh, Audi uh pre-match press conference, so stay tuned for that information. Um, Chris, there's been a lot of action in the Bundesliga, so we're eight matches in. Um, Bayern dropped points at the weekend. Bayern dropped points to Verte Bremen, so like I said, that draw does not sound oh so bad now, does it? Uh, we all thought once uh de Kassica was done, which that was a fantastic match, we all thought well, that's season done, and uh <laughs> you know then you have Josh Sargent talking uh post match about how you know they he believed that they could have beaten byron i mean gotta gotta appreciate the moxie on a kid like that, but
1: I like the attitude, uh-huh. but if you think you should have, you gotta go out. You're too exactly. young. Come on. You can't be saying that right now. I mean, at least he waited till afterwards to say it. If he had said that beforehand, they would have lost like seven to zero. So it's a good thing he Which waited until afterwards
0: to run his mouth. Oh wait, no, that was Hamburg. That that would usually happen too. My bad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, other matches of note so with Bayern dropping points guess what Glob could have crept up a little bit nope they got stuck with a 1-1 draw with Augsburg <laughs> Those guys are still yet – we've still yet to play those guys on the schedule. That's going to be fun. Uh, There was an exciting, exciting 3-3 barn burner between Stuttgart and Hoffenheim. That was – if anyone wants to just kind of watch a highlights uh, video of that, that's actually very good entertainment. Um, Schalke is still Schalke, and now there seems to be a minor player revolt going on over there (laughs) as Wolfsburg defeated them 2-0 at the weekend. I mean it just keeps on going from bad to worse. I feel bad for paciencia' now
1: begging to come back right now.
0: I feel bad for both of those guys because paciencia apparently he, you can tell from what other people are saying that he is really going at it trying to personally claw this uh claw out a goal here and a goal there, try and make it competitive, but uh. Mm, it's not actually working. Speaking of former players, yeah. um, Freddie I don't has
1: know. no support back there either. They're they're in a lot of trouble. They're going down. I don't care what they do to save it. As far as I'm concerned, they're done.
0: I can totally agree with you on that. Um, in the former, keeping with former players, uh, there was the funniest uh, own goal of the season. This is going to be going down for the own goal of the season, if not, uh, for the. <laughs> For the entire continent, if not the entire world, Lucas does what he does best. He always has got one boneheaded move per like 70 matches. <sighs> Just saying, it's it's like you're throwing in a uh, knuckleball and as the final pitch on the to try and win you a game as a pitcher in baseball and the guy just swings and totally it, despite the fact that it's going like so ever so, ever so slowly. And yeah, he uh, totally missed the ball and then, uh, just trickled right into the net and, uh, gave Bielefeld a goal in an otherwise, uh, loss that happened again for Bielefeld, another team we should have gotten the full points off of. It's maddening, but, uh, I love, uh, Lucas after the match, he said, you know what, uh, we it was a he admitted that he really screwed up, but he's like, "Well, we won at the end of the game, so I don't give an F
1: <laughs> He has won them so many matches they had no business winning mm-hmm. i mean he he did the same thing when he was with us. It just the the one red card sticks out in my mind where he just kind of collapsed mentally, but um you know it is what it is for him he's he's a good goalie, one of the best in the league. Uh, But he has his moments where he just falls apart, and that was it.
0: Indeed. Um, Speaking of falling apart, Freiburg might as well have fallen apart. Uh, Mainz secured their first victory of the season, uh, 3-1 victory away to Freiburg. Three goals in the first half really buried uh, the the Svoboda Stadion boys. And they weren't able to get themselves out of that. I thought only we were allowed to lose to Meith. <laughs> and uh, so I uh, mentioned Bayern dropping points that gave opportunity for other teams to catch up. So uh, one point behind is Bayer Leverkusen, who are now in third place after their 2-1 victory over Bielefeld. And go figure... Um, the match, the top top spiel, uh, so we are were in the usual top spiel lineup for Saturday, but because they removed the Friday match, they put the what would have been the Friday match uh, after immediately following our match. It was Hertha versus Borussia Dortmund, and Hertha got out to a uh, lead against the black and yellow and Holland. Went off in the second half. Uh, Erling Holland scored in the 47th, the 49th, 62nd, and the 79th minute. And in his post-match interview, uh, the coach had admitted he had only seen three of the goals. And the player said to the coach in front of the media, yeah, I probably would have scored more. No, I scored four. And I would have scored more if you hadn't taken me off. This is a guy who uh, scares Love the living it. daylights out of me because they are coming up. And uh, what's even scarier is the fact that they have this mukuku. Uh, Uh, kid, um, 16 year old, who uh, made his debut in the Bundesliga, and starting to scare me how, apparently, how dominating the kid was at the under-19 level, just dominating uh, guys who were two, three years older than him, and now OK, so at that age level, it can't, you know, when someone is unbelievably dominant, they can stand out. But when you're 15 years old and he just turned 16, so made his debut at 16 years in one day, a record that uh, will nigh on be impossible to be broken. Apparently, the Bundesliga had to adjust its age restrictions for players uh, just to basically accommodated this player and he made his uh debut. I mean for me still there's nothing more than can be said uh but for Erling Holland being substituted by Makuku and uh I'm scared to see what these guys bring us in uh in a week and a half's time. It's gonna be rough.
1: There is no better club in Germany and probably as far as I'm concerned anywhere in Europe at mining Young talent being overlooked than Bruges Dortmund. Um, sure. They they find guys, they develop them, and then even though they're they're a big club, they're still a club that sells their talent. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they reload year after year after year, it really goes to show how their process and their system works because they're competitive in league. They haven't won it in a while, but they're competitive uh, with Bayern with you know, half the payroll. So it's impressive what they do year after year. Um, They mine Pulisic, which outside of the United States, nobody knew who he was. And then he showed up on the scene there. They got a good return on him. Uh, I think, hold on, I said at the beginning of the year, I'll double down now that he had his breakout game. I think he'll compete uh, with Lewandowski for the scoring title, which there hasn't been much of a fight for a few years. Now since
0: Aubameyang left Borussia Dortmund for Arsenal uh, in London in the English Premier League, in case anyone doesn't know who or where they are, (laughs) Uh, I feel like I'd do that for every English team just to kind of drive in the knife, Uh, but yeah, we're focusing here on the Bundesliga, so uh, we're stuck on 11 points, Uh, we could be as high as 8th, we're not, Uh, above us is the likes of Gladbach, able to get their draw you got Wolfsburg who was able to uh, get the win at the weekend guess who is in fifth the team up next Union Berlin Uh, they're on 15 points after a 2-1 victory over Kohn Oh God! Another team that we gotta draw against. So this is gonna be a uh, fun match at the weekend. And then you got Leipzig, 17, 18 points, or Dortmund and uh, Leverkusen. And then you have Bayern at the top on 19. So um, as things stand, getting. Relatively tight. It's going to be a, fun, a couple of fun matches outside of the Eintracht match to be sure. And I'll highlight those uh, two right now. And those being uh, Stuttgart and Bayern. I think that uh, now Bayern plays today in the Champions League. They had to play against Salzburg, probably their final Champions League test before they're able to basically say to themselves, all right, we've won all the matches. Qualified for the next round. And at that point it's really just gonna be them wanting to keep up their winning streak in all uh European matches to uh break the I think it's a fifteen match unbeaten run is the record, and they're sitting on thirteen, so they're gonna to wanna to push on for that. But uh, it's question of whether Bundesliga teams will be able to take points off them. Stuttgart looked good at the weekend, at least when it came to the attack. And we've seen fo- firsthand how tricky playing them can be. You know, they're going to have to come out with their A game. And maybe they can take points off of Bayern. I don't know. Uh, another big match of the weekend is uh, Leverkusen and of Berlin. Um Leverkusen, another team that's uh, been doing extremely well. We've yet to face them in the Bundesliga or in the Pokal because we're going to face those guys almost back-to-back matches. Hurt that we know is a good team on paper i have not really been able to show it so much on the pitch, but um, I think it is definitely time that the uh, Eintracht takes advantage of this. Uh, this time where some big fish are playing, and I think it is time for us to start talking about our match with Union, unless you have anything else to add in regards to the Bundesliga action for this weekend.
1: No, we, we got over it. Um. <laughs> as far as this upcoming match, i I don't know, I'm still frustrated by us, but it's the same damn twenty twenty is just doing its thing with us this year, just beating us and then kicking the nuts some a bitch. um you know this is going to be an interesting match because we played well against a i don't know we didn't play well against a good team, we survived against a good team. So now we're coming back against somebody who's up there on the table, certainly farther ahead than we are, but we're still within shouting distance of them. So which one of us shows up? Can we create some offense without Barcock in there? You mentioned he's, you know, been diagnosed with COVID now. Can we find a way to generate offense through somebody else? We haven't yet proven that ability. Um I don't know. What do you think?
0: Indeed, indeed. Uh, what you can do in the meantime is watch the Eintracht versus Union. This is going to be at the the big match time on Saturday, the early match time on Saturday in the Caribbean that is flowsports.co and the flowsports. App Australia, that is BN Sports Connect and KO Sports in Canada, our friends to the north of where we live. Uh, that is uh, Sportsnet World Now and Sportsnet Now. So, gonna have a, and of course, ESPN Plus for uh, those of us living in the United States of America. And yeah, that's kind of where you're gonna be able to find it in the English language. Um, and of course, when it comes to uh, Germany itself. Sky Bundesliga like, uh, will of course be having that action as well, but you might uh, want to. Put out the money for one of those uh, TV packages because you don't need to be just, you know, gathering in standing room only uh, comfort at a bar when this pandemic is the way it is. Look, if you're able to do social distancing, that is an entirely uh, different story. But standing room only bars, you know, cheering on your uh, favorite team, not exactly something we want. We want all the fans to be back in the vault stadium as soon as possible. And how we do that is by beating the coronavirus. So, Union Berlin, currently sitting in fifth. Eight matches played, four wins, three draws, one loss. Um, Look, this team, when they came up and they took a few points off of us, I knew that they would be a real tough cookie to crack. You know, they are their team that was brought together that I thought was put together with uh, sticks, uh, popsicle sticks and glue and somehow they survived the Bundesliga and kind of had a rather decent uh, go of it uh, last season. So, um... In the all season, they sold uh, their kind of high-end striker to Cologne, basically let everyone else just kind of go their separate ways, Uh, who did leave uh, on free transfers, but not really to anywhere of note, Uh, uh, because I don't really think that Nevin Sobojic is really much of a uh, player. Anyways, anyone who knows me knows that uh, this comes from a world of hurt. (laughs) A um, Max Kruse bringing him in look the guy uh, has just a knack for scoring goals I really wish that we would have gone after him he is what made Vertebraben suddenly a really dangerous team to play against so far uh, he's got like three four goals all the season he has kind of been this one talisman that they have that is bringing everything together so in As I mentioned, they only have one loss. That happened match day one. That was a long time ago. They have played against Gladbach. They got a draw there. They played against a lot of... They haven't really played against... The thing is, whilst they have had success, and it's really exciting to see them where they're at, they haven't played outside of Gladbach. And um, they did beat Hoffenheim 3-1. They haven't played any of the, quote, big hitting teams they haven't faced a Dortmund they haven't faced a Bayern they haven't faced Leverkusen they still have not faced in the the city derby Uh, they haven't faced off against uh, Hertha Berlin all they've done is uh, go against the guys who are going to be expected to be in the bottom half of the table and the points that they dropped uh, was a one-one draw with Schalke and a one-one draw with Freiburg and the loss to Augsburg and the Dragons got back. They have wins against Mainz, Hoffenheim, Bielefeld, and Cologne. Multiple teams who the Eintracht have already uh, dropped points against. So this is a team that's going to be very dangerous for the Eintracht and Chris. Uh, It's going to be be a hard team to break down because that's just the way that they play. They are able to be scrappy. They're They're the kind of team that is just going to grind out results and there's nothing you can do about it. And I look at it from this standpoint that it's going to be very hard for us to be able to get anything out of this match when you have such it when it's it's such a scary predicament that we're in uh because you know we're trying to grind out results and we're not getting it done and union is a team that does that and i'm not feeling very confident on this Uh, not at all so especially not with our recent history
1: added there's an added layer now that barcock is going to be out for us which is He's kind of been – we were hoping he was going to be an added offensive weapon for us this year. So far, he has been. Um, but we're still kind of a, a three-trick pony between Kostich, Silva, and now Barcock. Now, uh, uh, Union has scored goals from 11 different players. Mm-hmm. That's, that's – eight, eight matches into the year to have 11 guys on the score sheet is a big deal. And that means we can't just, you know, Max Cruz is by far their best player, but we can't just focus on him. You know, you shut him down, they're going to come at you from other areas. So this is going to be tough for us. Uh, As much as we kept uh, FC Tin Can pretty well in check on our back line, there might still be some issues there that come out this week uh, with a a very balanced attack. So it's going to be tough.
0: Tough indeed, and let's get to uh, prediction time before we get to some really sad news in the world of soccer. What do you, what are you feeling to, for this one, Chris?
1: On my sheet here, I wrote down a one-one draw, but you know it's been a tough week. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say we pull it out. I'm gonna say we get one late two-one. Let's go with Hinty. We need a Hinty header off a corner. It's been too long. I want to see it just served in there. Inti goes up above like a helicopter. He puts it right into the corner, and we all celebrate in the 92nd minute. How's that sound? That
0: sounds great to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're feeling a little bit more positive than I am. I think that's going to be a 1-1 draw. <laughs> I think that uh, the draw is coming. We'll get another point. And then at least we can continuously say, hey, look, we're not just – Crap in the bed here. But the thing is, it's going to be a real tall order to follow this matchup with Dortmund. Just saying. As I mentioned, um, there's been some sad news in the soccer landscape. Um, Diego Maradona is known for a couple goals in the 1986 world cup he ended up leading argentina to the world cup final against germany and leading them to the promised land uh with the victory in that in that final and he then faced off in a rematch in the 1990 world cup final uh of which germany won 1-0 via penalty but Diego Maradona at age sixty has left us. Most people um, older than both of us were able to see him play for Barcelona. We're able to uh, see him play for Napoli. In case anyone uh, has access to HBO, uh, they came out with a documentary movie, and I highly suggest people to have a look see at that to kind of get the get a grips with what sort of player that he was. He was a man who was able to go out from Sunday night to Wednesday night Every night, go hard when it comes to drugs and alcohol abuse. And then he just sweated off in the lead-up to the match, not even training with his teammates, and he'd pop up. He made Napoli, which was a perennial mid-table team, into a constant title winning side in Italy. Italy was the pinnacle of the club game in Europe, which it has been trying to ever since... Get back to the kind of team, uh, the kind of team that West Germany, I should say, because that's who who they were in the 1986 uh, World Cup. The kind of uh, team that they had out there. There are some names that come out to uh, Rudi Voeller, Dieter Hunis, Klaus Alves, Karl Heinz Rummenegger Felix Magath, Lothar Mateus, I mean it's a who's who uh, in terms of a german national team all these ni- all these names are known and you know it was uh, come from behind- it was a 3-2 victory for argentina germany was able to get the two goals super late and it was diego but it was this one little diminutive, long dark haired man who was able to pick out a pass to, uh, to Jorge Bur- Bur- Burushaga, uh, who ended up uh, scoring the goal in the 86th minute to, uh, lead Argentina to their second world cup championship. And some folks say it's the only world cup championship that they properly deserved due to, well, um, the military dictatorship that uh, was around at the time of the 1978 world cup. And, you know, there's so much, so much stuff that can be said about a certain match against, uh, between Argentina and Peru. Uh, and if anyone is kind of curious, what exact match that I'm talking about, it was Argentina six, Peru zero and, just based on goal difference, they were able to go into the World Cup final against the Netherlands. When everything pointed to uh, Brazil going through uh, to play in that final, and yeah, there's you make a you make it that a uh, crazy scoreline uh, for what it is. Uh, this is all in the backdrop of a horrible military dictatorship uh, at the time, and. But to switch back to Diego Maradona, um, There's always been this discussion of who is the best in the world. Is it Diego Maradona? Is it Pele? Now you have uh, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi who have entered into the same conversations, though none of them have got the kind of international prowess, the international uh, cachet as much as Pele and Maradona did. I mean, This is a guy who, when he played for Boca Juniors, was considered possibly the greatest uh, player, one of the, like, the greatest player that ever uh, was there with him. He went then for then world record fee to Barcelona, the you Know this is pre Barcelona that we've uh come to know, and then Napoli, a mid table team perennial mid table team in Italy, uh, pulled the trigger on him and he led them to uh eternal glory. Now, kind of had a falling out, uh, air er- every moment after the 1990 World Cup, but. This is a guy who I grew up knowing was the guy who had been the best in the world and everyone who was older than me as a soccer coach uh, looked at him as the best that they had ever seen because that was a time when uh, the World Cup was finally being shown here and his loss with Pele becoming a uh, 80 years old and already having health issues. And then suddenly Diego Maradona's health issues were starting to come to the forefront. Losing him today to me is a real crying shame. And, uh, it's going to be one that there's going to be many other podcasts, uh, who cover specific teams like us or leagues. We're also going to be paying tribute to this guy, but I wanted to have a few moments to set aside for Diego. Chris, I'll leave uh, the rest up to you for you. Take us home.
1: Yeah. So, you know, we're recording in the United States and uh, for those of us, or for those listeners who listen in English from other countries, soccer is not the number one sport in our country. Surprise. Um, but what we like to do here is compare athletes, the greatest of all time, uh, LeBron versus Michael Jordan and hockey, Gordie Howe versus Wayne Gretzky. It's just kind of what we do as Americans. And in the soccer world, you have that question, but it's a worldwide question. And in the soccer world, it's always, you know, Pele versus uh, CR7 or or Messi or Maradona. And I don't have an answer for that. I think every player is judged by the generation that they play in. Uh, for me, being born in the in the early 80s, The one thing I remember about Maradona, it was the first jersey, excuse me. It was the first time you saw a jersey and a, a player that you followed as he moved club to club. So we didn't really have clubs in the United States that people followed that closely back then. So you followed Maradona from Barcelona to Napoli, where he really was at his peak. And he was really the first player that you said, I don't necessarily follow uh, Real Madrid or Juventus. I follow Cristiano Ronaldo because he's the greatest of the generation. And that's what Maradona was to me as a young player. Uh, We didn't have an American superstar in the late 80s, early 90s. So Maradona was that guy. And a lot of, you know, stuff to be said about the later years, some of the battles he had in his personal life. But what he did on the pitch... You know, it was inspirational. Uh, at that time, he was the best in the world. And for a young player, that's how I remember him. And I think there's a lot of people out there today that really feel that kick to the gut. So, yeah, that's my take. a tough ending to the show, but, you know, remember you for the good, right?
0: Exactly. I remember him for the good times that he did bring, of which for those who are able to see – Uh, him perform in those sort of matches, you got to see truly a special player. So on that saddening note, uh, we'd like to thank everyone for <laughs> listening to this episode of Hey, Ein track Frankfurt, where you can follow us on social media is at H E F pod on Twitter. Facebook is facebook.com slash H E F pod. Always drop us a line on, uh, email that is Hey, i Frankfurt at gmail.com. And of course, uh, you can also join the discord, uh, the, the discord channel, uh, that we have there. Uh, we always post that link on our uh, Facebook and Twitter. Usually try and get it there out there uh, once a week for folks to join in. Uh, DM me and I'll send you the link directly. Of course, uh, listen to us on all the places where you can find podcasts. Uh, Chris, before we say adieu or chose, uh, where can we find you in the social media landscape?
1: I am on Twitter and discord at C seeing the D three, one, three.
0: And you can uh, find me on Twitter and other places out there in the social media landscape, and that is at KCSGE. So, thanks for listening to episode 148 of the Hey Eintracht Frankfurt podcast. Uh, we'll be back with more discussion on all things Eintracht, especially with the Against Union. So, here's hoping that uh, we're, uh, that I am proved wrong and the Eintracht get on. All three points. So uh take care, be safe, wear a mask, social distance, until next time. Cheers.
1: cheers.